back to the show. So you see the solar storms are coming, Sandra. I'm not Could happen, afraid. could knock out the you entire... I love anything Everything. to do with solar energy, so it's all good. Okay, good. Don't fear it. Well, solar energy, maybe that's uh, maybe something we're going to talk about uh, here right now with Linda Pinizzato, who's the so. uh, founder and CEO of the Condo Owners Association of Ontario. And Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. We really appreciate it. It's now, great. Linda's let's just... an amazing lady. Sorry. Well, I love that. <laughs> That's you great. know why? Because she's really powerful. She's just she's really got it together. Well, let's talk about condos for a sec. Because you you okay. started this organization, yes. right, Linda? Yes. And uh, in 2010, do you want to m- maybe uh, tell us what prompted you to start uh, an organization to uh, on behalf of all the condo owners in Ontario? Absolutely. Um, I'm actually a long-term realtor. I've been a realtor for over 33 years, so I've had uh, a lot of experience with condominiums and just seeing the change of patterns that have gone on. And we have vast development, so much development that nobody's really keeping the books. And uh, I've been the president of two condo boards for a total of 17 years, so it gives me the background to know where the problems are. So realizing that uh, unless we can get our government to actually stop long enough to pay attention and understand that the present Condo Act is not going to be, it has to be amended and it has to reflect better changes, better governance um, in order for us to move forward. Now, I know that a private member's bill had gone out, but the problem is, is that it's actually even more intricate than the points that are in the private member's bill. And, uh, you know, it's go back to the professionals to get the information. Okay. So, so okay. So, uh, did you mention before that McGinty is opening up the Condo Act yeah, for, uh, for you know, people to look at it and, and give feedback and revise it? Exactly, and it's wonderful because it's uh, actually if anybody w- wants to look up on it, they just Google "build building a better Condo Act" and they'll be able to get some insight into it. And uh, we're very honored at uh, Co- Condo Owners Association, which we also short form for uh, COA Ontario. Um, to say that you know we've been invited as a stakeholder to nice. participate in recommendations for changes. So, so Linda, to your up, up yeah. till now, do you yeah. think the the act favors the developers as opposed to the actual owners? Um, or the government? The Act uh, certainly does not favor the owners at all. Okay. Um, on the developer side, to some degree it does, only because, unfortunately, we do not have a standardized declaration. So, in other words, every time a new developer, a new builder goes out there and builds another condominium, every single declaration across the province is different. So how is an owner mm, okay. supposed to stay on top of what's going on if, first of all, it's it's written in legal lingo that yeah. they don't understand. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, condo uh, condo lawyers are making a small fortune because of the ambiguity of, of yeah. the Condo Act. And uh, even if you get to Superior Court, um, even the judges, I mean, the Condo Act and even the declarations of the different buildings are being if overridden for decisions of the court. So where are the guidelines? Wow, they're being overridden. Very much so. Yeah, wow. I've, I, I know dozens of cases where, um, unfortunately, the uh, good board of directors have followed protocol in accordance with their declaration and mandated certain things within the buildings only to find that some of the owners are not abiding by it. So then the condo corporation moves forward and it ends up in superior court. Yet the declaration was very specific and the court overrules the declaration. So it shouldn't have gone to the Superior Court to begin with? Absolutely not. No, because if you have a standardized declaration Mm. across the province, then there's no questions. It's very straightforward. And uh, the builders, you know, at that point will have to conform their ways within the declaration. 
Okay, that, that seems to make sense. Yes. But, uh, I mean, we see, uh, if you just drive around Toronto, you see cranes everywhere, and, and most of those cranes are building new condos. I right. think, what, there's more condos being built in Toronto than anywhere, maybe even it's in the world. Right absolutely. Now. Well, you know, you think that if you're, if you're taking a, an acre and a half of land and you try to put some townhomes in there, single detached homes, uh, you're not going to make the volume of developer fees and, uh, and the volume of taxes unless, of course, you put in an $80 million building. Well, there's got to be a demand Slip it for it into as 40 well, stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, hopefully there's the demand for it. Otherwise, we're sitting on a big bubble. Right? Um, well, I think the biggest concern we have right now is that, you know, at least 40% of every one of these buildings is, is almost overseas investors. So I think that there's some concern right now. Wow. And a lot of the monies, um, even to develop these projects, like Trump Towers, for instance, was Austrian money. Um, I think L Towers is French money or partly French money. So, so shouldn't there be regulations against that as well? Um, I think that when the McGuinty government, I mean, when the Ministry of Consumer Services, because that's where it goes right back to, it's it's Minister's best, uh, um, you know, under the fact that she is the minister of that department to oversee where the direction goes and the recommendations that come forward. So after they have a lot of stakeholder meetings and public meetings and listen to complaints. But see, even the condo owners they don't really they amaze me <laughs> they really do they they walk into a they buy into a building okay okay they come through the corridor they may pay attention to the lobby they get in the elevator they go to their unit they close the door so many of them are so concerned with the small trivial items that are within their actual 500 800 thousand square foot unit but they're they're missing the real important expensive items like uh, Faulty, well, the faulty windows, the glass balconies. I mean, that was huge. Um, lawsuits and everything I still, else going you know, on because of that. When I walk by one of these new constructions, I, I have to look up because I'm not sure if there's going to be a big pane of glass falling might be down. safer to take a mirror and let it look up. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you have to be careful. You're right. You know, I Isn't mean, so wow. the thing is, is that the, the, the heavier issues are certainly within the construction of the $80 million building. You know, you look at uh, maybe membranes, the topping in the underground. You're taking a look at heating coil systems. Hydro is a big one. Uh, very few of them create enough energy efficiency, yet the new board coming in now all of a sudden starting to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars within the first two, three years to try to make the building energy efficient. Well, and now they're, they're also making each unit responsible for their own heating, uh, whereas before it used to just fall under the maintenance fee, right? Um, yeah, it can, that now? Well, that can kind of work both ways. It can okay. be, it depends on usage. Um, you know, but I will give you a, a stat that will really blow you away. I mean, 30% of a building's annual budget, so most budgets are anywhere from about $1.5 million, and 30% of that budget, it actually reflects in hydro expenses. Irregardless, wow. and that's common elements, irregardless of whether or not it's you know, sub-metered wow. for each unit. Wow. See, that's why yeah. you need some of that solar energy. See, I knew we were going to come yeah. back to so that see, at some point. That storms <laughs> would be a good thing if we could just channel it. Well, the, these boards are going to have to wrap their governance minds around that. Well, that's another problem, though. You see, the boards are not educated. And unfortunately, that's a, um, that's a huge problem. The Condo Act, it may stipulate rules and regulations of the Condo Act, but the question is how many boards out there are actually following the Condo Act? Is there any governance? There's no finding implementations. Um, we can't expect our government to have uh, tribunals and these things because you're going to end up in courts forever to go through tribunals. You have to implement a governance structure. 
if the board of directors do not follow the Condo Act, fine them. Simple. They'll leave. Get good people in. Uh, is there an education component for, uh, for board members? None. There's absolutely none. And that's wow. a problem. And that's wow. where the Condo Owners Association is going to be implementing structures of the education process. And, uh, and, and I know we're pushing forward for licensing of property management companies. Not the property manager. See, the property manager is only an employee of the contracted company. The okay. property management company is the contract, has the contract, and they designate an employee. Okay. So when you get condo owners that are all upset about their property manager, <laughs> they're, they're barking up the wrong tree. They have to be upset with their board of directors. They're signing the check. Okay. So you, just at a very high level, what? Yes. let's just make sure we cover all the major issues that, that you feel are, are affecting condo owners in Ontario. So we've talked about the construction. Mm -hmm. Now, so I guess that's uh, an issue. What is the issue around construction? And you also talk about new versus uh, existing buildings. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's a, it's a two-sided coin. On the new construction, when people purchase, um, they believe that you know they're paying their tariff on warranty and they're going to have coverage. They get their coverage within the unit. Okay, their Terra warranty? Uh, Terion. Terion, Yeah, okay. it's under the new Home Warranty Act, okay. and Terion is the facilitator. Okay. But try to, try to imagine this. You just bought a house. So okay. you bought a house. It cost you half a million dollars. Okay. You get a two-year warranty on your house. Okay? Meanwhile, an $80 million building that's 40 stories high with 380 units in there, they only get two years on the entire building. Most mm. of the deficiencies that surface, they surface after the two-year yes, warranty. and they know that when they're of doing Of course this. they know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. They the surface plan. afterwards. And now you're looking at, I mean, you want to pave a driveway in a house, you're $3,000. You want to pave a driveway in an underground for your membrane, you're talking probably $300,000. So every time that you have a deficiency problem, you have what's called a reserve fund. Mm -hmm. And Hugh and I talked a little bit about mm -hmm. that earlier. Mm -hmm. And the reserve fund is there to, to uh, make corrections and fix problems later on. And so you have to long term right? maintenance. You've got it, exactly. So you cannot change certain things now because it's not in recognition of, of your performance study, like your audits and so on, that have to be put together um, on new construction. Okay. So what happens is, is that you, as you build your reserve fund, 10 years down the road, 15, you know, you will be able to, re to replace the roof. Take a look at your cooling systems, do new membranes in your underground, replace your lobby carpeting, decorating, whatever. But you have to, you have to be in accordance with the plan. Okay. Do you see? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to all of a sudden spend money outside of that umbrella, the problem is is that you don't have the money to do it. So you have to increase the operating budget, which increases your maintenance, maintenance fees. Fee. Okay. So when the McGinty government hit us hard with the HST, none of these reserve funds had a cushion in there to cover the additional 7% tax. Interesting. So wow. all of a sudden, all these reserve funds... Are 7% okay, behind. Behind. Yeah. Got it. So all of the budgets last year had to be increased by additional 7% on top of the uh, annual inflational rate. And of course the McGinty government didn't take that into account. Well, um, you know, you know I, I think this is, this is where it gets to the point where it's, it's not just condo owners that are affected because 
And, and condos are a relatively new phenomenon, and you know a lot of this maintenance money hasn't been spent yet. And if if the if the estimates of what's going to be required are not adequate, and all of a sudden, because mm-hmm. I can see it happening where a condo, a condo association is in a situation where they just don't have the money to do what really needs to be done because they have That's to maintain it. And then what happens? Then is it going to become a taxpayer burden? Um, you actually have what's called a special assessment. Now the board has complete control on whether or not they're going to put things towards a uh, operating budget or a special assessment. The problem is when you take a look at resale value, I could name condos that would blow you away. I mean, uh, like I've seen condos that unfortunately the value is $65,000 to buy it. Their maintenance fees are $680 a month. These condos were built somewhere in about, I'd say, you know, the early 80s. So the older, older buildings are struggling really hard because as the maintenance fee goes up, the value tips down. Affordability. I mean, it's great Mm -hmm. to have low interest rates, but you've got to have governance on decisions of the board because a lot of these directors, um, they they shut it down. You can't call them. You can't get minutes of your meetings. You can't get any type of documentation. Mm. They pick and choose what they want to do, when they want to do, and half of them probably don't even know what the Condo Act says, and they certainly don't abide by them. So is it, to, to what you were just saying, then, is it better to buy a new condo versus an old condo, in your opinion? Um, it depends, because some people just can't buy. The new condos are more expensive on the price per square foot, so you get a smaller condo for more money. On the older condos, you get a larger condo for less money. But the, ex- but the maintenance fees are higher. Um, but see, what happens is the way our financial institutions do things is they only take half of the maintenance fees in their calculations when they qualify their financing. They take 100% on the value of the property, on the qualifications wow. okay. of the financing. Okay. So, so it tips the scale on the affordability level. But my, my heart goes out to the hundreds of, of emails that and phone calls because seniors don't aren't always uh, internet savvy yeah so yeah. they get friends contacting us and I can't tell you how many sen- seniors now mm-hmm. are having problems with affordability not because they've paid off their condo or have a very small mortgage because they can't afford the maintenance fees mm-hmm. and and this hasn't been touched like right. no one has actually paid attention to that side you know, sorry, I just want to say one thing. When, when the maintenance fees go up that high, what's the difference between living in an apartment? Well, you know, at the end of the day, still- no, because, you know, you, you still have to respect home ownership. So, COA, I mean, we support condominiums, okay? We support um, home ownership, okay? What we don't support is runaway boards, incompetent condo acts, okay? Um, Terry on warranties that are insufficient to handle the problems of, of uh, the deficiencies and bad construction and decisions moving forward with lawsuits. Lawsuits don't help condo owners. No, they they blackball anybody sorry. No, they, they blackball the building. Wow. Now you can't get high ratio financing. You have to sell with twenty percent down. And that's bad for all the condo owners. You've got it. And all wow. those owners they think the board is doing them justice because now they're going into a lawsuit. But how do you fight the courts and the condo lawyers are making a fortune? Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day you're back to the same problem. You need proper governance. Make sure that when you have those those people who decide what the governance is, you don't have lawyers on there. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because the Terry on warranty, uh, okay, the the board of directors are all con- lawyers and builders. See, well, I mean, because they have an agenda, right? Well, I think the Condo Owners Association would like to move forward and at least hold one seat in that entire equation as okay. time goes on and as we gain strength. But we need condo owners to wake up 
Stop being afraid of their board. Stop being afraid of their building and stop being afraid to speak. If you don't speak out, if you don't join this association, you're, 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 you're putting a noose around your own neck. Yeah, you could be eroding the value of your of your home. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because it's all about information awareness. I mean, that's what uh, that channel is all about, is information yes. about yeah. awareness. And, um, you know, oh. you're getting it out there. It's fabulous. It's great. No, I have one question. We don't have a lot of time left, Linda. And I, yes. uh, but I do want to ask you, is there a jurisdiction that's got their condo stuff uh, right? Some, some jurisdiction that that's Ontario can look towards for a model? model. Um, I'm afraid not. Um, I would have to say that, yeah, no, because it's all independently controlled. So once the condo building goes through the phases of occupancy and then registration, and that's a whole other ball of wax, um, then it's really, once you go through a turnover meeting, the condo board of directors is elected. So you have entrusted this building into the hands of either three or five directors to do the right thing and follow the condo act. And that's the problem, because they're not doing it. And, uh, you know, and sure, I'm not saying all of them. We're not. I mean, there's a lot of, I'm a director myself, I've been the president, and I will tell you that the buildings I'm involved in are right to the T. We got over three hundred thousand dollars of. Yeah, actually, you should. <laughs> You're right. But one quick thing that I do want to mention because that is a bit, little bit of a pet peeve. You like pet peeves, right? We're going to mention a pet peeve. Adam Vaughn, pet peeve because. Uh, oh, I think he's a pet peeve I for will, a lot of people. I will tell you that he is not doing any favors to people in the Trinity Spadina location. I'm sorry. Too much construction. Too much high density. Too much traffic problems. Um, I don't know if the public knows. But when a developer in a particular ward, that councillor, um, they actually uh, gain rights to the development costs coming in. So I'd like to see some things being put into Trinity Spadina that are more geared to a community living style within the neighbourhood instead of saturating them and uh, favouring the OMB's decisions to override height restrictions. Oh, so he's way too young to be in that position anyway. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really, really appalled with the direction of the neighbourhood simply because it's unnecessary. That's an entertainment district. Yes, People move is. there to be able to enjoy entertainment. We didn't turn it into a residential condo district, which is what he seems to want to do. And the sad part about it is, is that that is 90% of the owners in that area believe this. He's not listening to them. So I think he's uh, obviously got better negotiation power with developers and builders than paying attention to what uh, the area residents are concerned about, quite frankly. Okay, Linda. Now, so what can people do? I mean, obviously, condo owners, uh, unit owners should consider joining the organization. $10 a year, that's it. It's wow. $10 it's a year, a dollar, two huh? cups of coffee at Starbucks. I mean, $10 a year yeah. to join the association, that's it. And, wow. uh, you know, and it gives us the strength to move forward and, uh, you know, and, and basically try to protect and, and um, you know, create a mechanism that we can work with political government at all levels so that we can uh, mm. endorse changes from the grassroots because we have the knowledge, we have the education, we have what the councillors and the MPs and the MPPs need to create a better structure. Okay, so... Well, I have a quick question just sure. before we go. Okay. Pets. <laughs> Pets. I had Pets. a big... Oh. Speaking of pet peeves. Pets. About Pets. This is one of your okay. peeves. Yes. Who the heck has the right to tell you you can only have two cats when the city says you can have more? What overrides what? Uh, the declaration. Back to that again. See, the declaration stipulates in there, like, you know, the builders have so put the a declaration. So the declaration has more power than the city bylaws? 
Uh, actually, interesting enough, for um, yeah, the, the declaration is, is the Bible for the building, but the declaration can be changed. Then there's a bylaw, it can be changed, and then there's rules and regulations that can be okay. changed. Um, but I, I, you know, I have to say to you, I do believe that two pets is is proper. I really do believe that. But because who of, has the right to tell somebody what they do inside their unit? You can't tell them Well, they them have not to get to, to the unit, though. You see, the problem is it's typical, right? See, in their unit, they want to have five pets, but they got to get the, the pets to the unit. So if you've got people that are not, it's, it's no different. Some people look after their pets like their children. Mm -hmm. They should have a special pet elevator. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> and chickens. Chickens. So you can have your own eggs from your condo unit on the balcony. <laughs> you don't have to go shopping. Exactly. There you go. But it's more so, you know what it is, it's, it's a concern to the operating budget of over problems. So I understand oh, I to a see. degree. People okay. look after their pets and there's no problems whatsoever. But you know, you can't be shutting things down. I mean, once the building, I know of a building right now, right on Blue Jay's Way. Okay, and those directors are going to create the biggest enemies around because they're all of a sudden trying to push forward with changes. And would it surprise me if uh, board members fake proxies and everything else to get their way? I've seen it all. Really? Yeah. Really? So we've seen yeah. it all. We okay. get complaints nonstop. So the, the problem is, is that we're going back to the same thing, governance. The board of directors. Corruption. The board of directors just need to have. I mean, you know, you have acts. You have your traffic act. What happens? You're speeding. You get fined. Yeah. Your AODA, yeah. Accessibility Act. Yeah. If you do not comply, you get fined. Yeah. Yeah. If you think of all the different acts, human rights. Well, why on earth would you put a condo act that's supposed to be protecting the condo owners when no, there's no governance on ensuring compliance to the act? Okay. Let the board of directors be fined on the corporation. All right. Sounds, so, sounds good to me. How do people get in touch with Except you, Linda? Thing. Fantastic. Who want to um, join the organization. Yes, uh, they can go into um, COA, C O A, Ontario.com. Uh, we do have COA, COAToronto.com. I want to mention that uh, COA Ontario embodies um, COA uh, Hamilton, COA Kitchener, Waterloo. Um, Windsor, Ottawa, and so on and so on. So you can Twitter us on any one of them. So if you're in any one of those municipalities, just go ahead, Twitter us. But wow. joining, you have it all. Everything's in place. And uh, you can pay right through PayPal, online, credit card. It's simple. $10 is the it's cheapest membership you're ever getting the most value. And our website will give contacts, too, if people want to send us an email at info at coaontario.com. And you can put condoownersassociation.ca as well. Okay. I think we've got dozens of emails and everything. It's great. Awesome. Good for you. Okay. Okay. So let's. Uh, I still have an issue with the pet thing, but. Well, you can uh, join the uh, Co Ontario and take it up. Or maybe uh, just get McGinty to write it into the act that, you there know, we go. owners can have all good. the farm animals that they want. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a little break, come back uh, in a couple minutes with Ben Pfefferman, and uh, we're going to just check out a little video right now about. Uh, RCMP's got some tanks now. They're rolling out in Mississauga. We're going to watch this. Tanks. Tanks. No yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Police state. Yeah. Wow. So we're going to watch this. Come back with Ben Pfefferman as like, the lunch continues. We'll be right back.
Moving on the starting line is getting old I look in the rearview mirror And see an empty space My throat is dry from all the dust There's dust all around 